You are looking live at the Matt Podcast, and the commissioner is back for the first time in 10 months. I'm joined by a number of other people, but I'm on the phone, so I can't quite tell. I know Byron's here, I think Dave's here, and a couple other people, so speak up and be noted. Relegated wow. to a couple other people. Yeah, Drew, wow. that feels real good. Uh, <laughs> nice to be down here with you, at a couple other people. What's up, Justin? I'm it's glad. It- hey, guys. I'm glad the six minutes we talked before we hit record and you said, yeah. I think Dave is here. <laughs> so feel good about that too. Uh, I mean, we I mean, gave him, he wasn't prepared for the intro. It's hard, you know? You I'm glad I have a nondescript. Confused. I'm just glad I have a nondescript voice. Cartographers <sighs> can turn into calligraphers like that when you're doing the intro. You don't know the pressure until you've done it. Well, Listen, anyway. Guys, if we got 11 more of us on this podcast, we just have the whole league here, man. It'd be awesome. I think we, I think when we do these podcasts, we should you know figure out who the primary guy is, and then everybody else on the podcast gets a featuring credit, you know, like like a song. Uh, we've got to have intros that I'm I'm a feature intro for each person. It's like, like a twenty minute intro. Each person gets a it's a five minute a walk up walk up music. Walk yeah, up as music. long as it comes with walk up music, I'm fine. That's all I need. Just Dude. a little. A do little song any, in the background. Do we have any talented musicians in your and, friend? Group and we, and we wonder how these podcasts get to be an hour long. I mean, I figured it out. We're on walk-up music, y'all. All right. So. I have, I have an old neighbor of mine when I was a kid is a very talented musician, but uh, I have to really dig into my Rolodex to find his contact info. We can probably get Logic on the phone. That's about the best, the best hookup I can get us. Oh. I mean, there's potential here. There's potential. Or we could just create our own walk-up music and just see how bad it can get. Maybe it's better. <laughs> this is already slated to be the worst podcast. All right. So. <laughs> what, do we, what do we got? Justin, you did the intro. You, you got a rundown? Yeah, I got a rundown. <laughs> um, we're going to talk trades. The trade market is hot in the league right now. So we're going we're gonna to run down those trades trades and tell uh some people why they don't know what they're doing in fantasy football um i have a hot take later on uh oh and we got some uh housekeeping tips to go over so but we'll start with the trades and hopefully somebody's got them in front of them because i am behind the wheel right now as a matter of fact we probably all do but looks like byron's ready yeah, let's let's just go over the the, the first trade that's uh, you know easy to digest. This is uh, Drew Keys trading with uh, uh, I guess it was what Philly Citywide. Philly Citywide, thank you. Uh, so Drew sent the rights to Daniel Jones, and in exchange he got DJ Moore for fifty a fifty two dollar contract that is non escalating. So, uh, I mean, I'll probably just go first on this one. I think it's a very reasonable trade, right? We already saw that uh, DJ Moore was slated to be cut on Philly Citywide's team. So, didn't really have a lot of value for Citywide, obviously. Uh, Drew, he has too many quarterbacks as it is and has needs. Otherwise, probably couldn't retain Daniel Jones unless it was a very cheap contract. Um, so it's just sensible on both sides, right? <clears throat> both sides improved their teams, got more than what they probably could have done otherwise. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think it's a smart trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah, really I mean, to I add. Guess, 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think most of the time I'd rather be on the side not getting Daniel Jones, but um, I think it's, it's reasonable. Yeah, I mean, we, we're going to start touching on this a little bit, but when you compare what uh, what Drew was able to get for Daniel Jones to the Mitch Trubisky Hall, which they'll probably, if Trubisky starts most of the season, finish side-by-side side in the quarterback rankings, uh, it's got to be a a decent haul for Drew. And I think getting Daniel Jones, who could have a, if not a full rebound season, at least a, a decent showing as he clings to what's left of his NFL career. Uh, I think it's a good trade. Both teams, you know, the talents aren't going to blow you away, but bees all around. Yeah, no, I, uh, obviously I'm, I'm part of this trade. I think it, uh, it was just uh, when I saw when I saw DJ Moore getting cut, I, I just thought it made sense. And and I know we were in discussions about quarterbacks, multiple different quarterbacks. I sent that that trade block out there, and so I think it just it made too much sense for both of us. Um, and, and that was kind of my number one goal this offseason: get some something of value back for for Daniel Jones. I didn't want to be forced into a situation where I, I'm tempted to keep him to try to get value afterwards. Um, I had the cap space to do that if, if push came to shove and no one was offering anything. And in a quarterback knee league, it just made sense that somebody would give me something. So um, I thought it was a success, and I thought it made sense for for Philly Citywide. Yep. Yeah, especially if it was known that he's not going to keep DJ Moore. He he essentially got Daniel Jones' rights for free in his mind. So um, yeah, exactly. he might not keep Daniel Jones. We'll see but for what me, he goes for, but – for me, it's, uh, you know, knowing he's not going to keep it, it was a non-escalating contract, which is huge for me. $52 locked in until 2024 for, uh, you know, low end, but a wide receiver one in our league, um, I, I think. Uh, made a lot of sense to get, go and get that. Catching passes from Baker Mayfield. So you have until Tuesday to talk yourself out of that. Oh, no, not at all. Better quarterback than he's had for the last three years where he's been a top. He's been a wide receiver one in our league for the last three years. So um, best quarterback situation he's had. There we go. All right. So moving on to the other trade that happened this week. This is between the Maniac Loose Cannons and Rams are the best. Uh, the Loose Cannons received Breezewood Nuts' 2022 first round pick, which was the ninth, which is the ninth overall pick in our upcoming draft. Uh, the Home Run Hitters 2022 second round pick, which I believe is 203, Dave. Yep. And uh, Adam Thieland. And in exchange, well, shouldn't Rams we go with the other best. trade first? Uh, did we not go over Mariota last week? Oh, we did. We did. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we will we'll remind people because obviously part of that trade was involved in this trade. Um, but just to get people to understanding, Rams are the best received Brandon Cooks and Kyle Pitts. And obviously, Drew just, you know, brought this up. But uh, it's important to remember that Rams are the best received Breezewood's nuts 2022 first round pick and Devonte smith for the rights to Tannehill and marcus mariota uh which the podcast did not like last week so let's go let's do a round of uh i have a i just have a, a question take it away uh, um dave um chad you guys go back to like college right you do you guys are, you know, we guys close in college. Yeah. You guys like, you guys, would you, would you call Chad a friend? I would. Do you just enjoy stabbing your friends 
right in the back. Is this, I mean, it seems repeated, <laughs> a repeated offense. At some point, does your conscious like tap you on the shoulder and be like, I like this human being. I, I don't want to see him in pain. I don't want to see him just get fucked over constantly. Is well, that ever, see is him that at thought a ever cross your mind when you're, you're engaged in the trade? Isn't there a future wedding or, or other social event that you're going to have to stand and look Chad in the eye, fondly recalling this moment, and Chad just single tear rolling down his cheek as he remembers this trade and how much you wounded him? Is it just when I'm involved in a trade, you guys bash on it? Or are you really uh, this way? No, I no, mean, no. I think this I mean, is this I mean, yeah. um, we, I mean, where do you start with this monstrosity of a trade? I think Byron even ha- has spoken with the, the trade person, and, and they admit it. Adam Thielen, Brandon Cooks. Adam Thielen, $34. Adam Thielen is impossible to be retained by Dave. Go look at his cap space. He's a cut. He has to be cut. There is no way about it. Brandon Cooks, $15. Brandon Cooks, younger than Adam Thielen. Brandon Cooks, better than Adam Thielen. Brandon Cooks, consistent. Adam Thielen coming off an injury. Three years. Kyle Pitts, by any Dynasty League uh, ranker, a top 15 fantasy asset by almost every single one in our league. He hit him in a better draft class last offseason, and you're telling me, Pick nine, not even pick six. Pick nine in this draft and a second round pick. Both of those are ridiculously lopsided and bad. And then you put them together. Kyle Pitts should have gotten that whole shebang and more by himself. Yet for some reason, you throw in a $15 wider, low end wide receiver, high end wide receiver, too. Uh, it's absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. You put this on the back of last week where somebody valued Ryan Tannehill's rights as much as they did another player. Dave had no ability to keep. I don't, I just don't think either of these owners even looked at Dave's situation, how little leverage he should have had beyond that, and then got fleeced, completely fleeced in two absurd trades back to back. And then you have the Mitch Trubisky trade sitting there looking you in the face when you're talking about the Ryan Tannehill trade about what the value was for like a, a, a Ryan Tannehill type. It's awful. It's absurd. There's literally no defense of this trade. It should be vetoed. Well, why? Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to ignore the veto comment, but yeah, if Chad pulls off a miracle, with that first round pick, he'll get someone who is maybe in the ballpark for talent and cost as Kyle Pitts. If he pulls a miracle off with that pick, I, I'm going to take a little tangent here and I want to get your guys' opinion. Am I, am I missing something with these RFA right values? Because I feel like all these trades are RFI right guys you know, getting value back. And people keep offering me RFA rights for several of my first round picks. And I'm like, why why would I do that? Why am I taking your guy who you can't afford to match a contract for and bailing you out with a cheap player? So am I just, am I missing something with these rights or am I just not an idiot? 
I, I, I don't think you're, I think they're, they're being a little bit overvalued. I think there's a difference, right? Um, I think, you know, it's, it's, I can make sense of why you would want Ryan Tannehill's rights. I can make sense of why, again, the DJ Moore for Daniel Jones, someone you can't afford, someone I'm not going to match, makes sense, have the ability and the control of having a quarterback. The only uh, players in my mind whose RFA rights really have value are quarterbacks who are, who, who are going to start, like quarterbacks who aren't just like on the very, you know, knife's edge um, of, of, of being benched. And, um, and then RB, RB ones, like if those two are hard to come by in our league, it makes sense that they have some value. Uh, the, the Tannehill value, <laughs> um, especially in light of the fact that they've had no path to, to keeping this. And not only that, I mean, if you go look at this, then on top of that, the Kyle Pitts, um, uh, Brandon Cooks trade. You also don't didn't factor in the fact that Dave is trading for cap space. He needs to cut like 80 some dollars just to get back. Right. He has 32 cut from Chris Carson. Everything else is not easy math. Thielen was a cut like a cut just to, then he has to cut most of his two dollar players. He could have kept Mariota two dollars um, and cut a lot of other players, but it was not going to be easy. And you didn't even factor that into the value. I think you're, you're spot on in terms of overvaluing some of the RFA rights. Um, I do think for quarterbacks, it makes some sense, um, but but not uh, not what we saw with the Tannehill trade. Tyler? Uh, in the behind-the-scenes discussions of this, I was the only person to offer up at least the only bit of, like, logic I could we could – come up with wrap our brains around to even begin to like talk out what the possible thought process behind this trade was and it i still landed on this is terrible um and yeah just to go back to what justin's talking about and drew with the rfa rates justin you're not missing anything i think what drew said is pretty accurate unless it's a quarterback who's gonna start and you or like that fringe starter where you can get him cheap or an, a running back one and you just want to lock that price in. I don't know why RFA rates, like I just threw Lazard out on the trade block today. I'm not expecting like a huge haul if anyone even bites on that. Um, I'm expecting one, it's Lazard and two, like chump change because you don't even own that player. Um, but for this trade, the only thought process, I, I guess if if you believe and you have to suspend the fact that Thielen has a contract to even get here. But if you believe that Thielen as the wide receiver two in the Vikings yeah. offense, that's going to throw more this year and cooks in an offense, that's going to be more conservative under Lovey Smith falls off and that they're dovetailing and Thielen is going to return to form, which doesn't happen at like I'm 33, my athletic, prime is behind me so is adam thielen um oh man when you put it that way it really doesn't make me right it really makes me worried for adam thielen this year when you put it that way 
it, sh- it should. It really should. Like this Tyler is- and Adam Thielen have the same athletic. That's ability. not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you look at the history of receiver production, the last year they are good before the precipitous decline is 31 or 32. And Adam Thielen has crested that hill. So, so that you're, means you're that telling in me, this trade, you're oh, sending- I can't wait to hear this Dave spin coming here. Yeah, it's you're yeah. telling me that. This is going to be you're telling me well, well, okay, let Tyler finish. Let Tyler finish. A, right, first, a first and a second for Kyle Pitts, a tight end, the least premium position, excluding defenses and kickers. I don't inherently have a problem with a first and a second for Kyle Pitts. It's still bad, but at least at that point, if you're looking forward as the loose cannons and saying, I don't value the position and I'm not going to compete this year. And I want to get something for him and I'm not going to compete next year. If that's the thought process a first and a second there, but then you add in all the contracts and the fact that Kyle Pitts is a tight end that is going to project to get wide receiver stats the way Kelsey does. And it all falls apart. So like, as soon as you apply like the rules of our league and the construct of our process, this trade gets even worse. And the contracts. And That's what I'm saying. If he, if he didn't, if he didn't value the position, he shouldn't have drafted him last year in the rookie draft. Yeah, it made no sense. And you're talking about a better draft last year, a much worse draft where the players at that range are flyers compared to to, to last year. Yeah, I mean, uh, if but Dave, do the- Dave, Dave, yeah, Dave, go ahead, take the floor. Yeah, what I was gonna say is, you spin you know, me I'm, right. I'm 33 years old, so you're telling me that my NFL wide receiver days have already passed. Yeah, there's no defense. I haven't even gotten my shot yet. There's not even a a possible logical defense for this trade. It's so horrible. Well, it's hard. I can tell you uh, the original was pick 10 and Chad came back with pick nine and I almost backed out. So I'm glad to hear what what you were all saying because I, I had a hard time with this. Oh, um, oh my gosh. That, that's no just way. Dave. Yeah. To everyone no, who's listening right, to this, don't topic. believe right. a damn word. All right. You could hey, have thrown no. in pick six and nine, and Listen. that would have been a trade any reasonable person would have taken. Like so, both I, of them I, you could have taken. I've got keep trade cut up right now on the screen. Everyone can see it. <clears throat> or they should be able to see it. I can't, I, but, I can't the, but that's fine. I put the trade in as it is, and it says that it's very unfair. Put in uh, pick favor six. In, put in, in pick six. Wait, put no, no, let six. me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. In, in favor of Dave. And to even it out, the, play, the players it's suggesting that need to be included in here are uh, either nope. Russell Wilson or 2022 pick 101, um, Austin <laughs> Eckler. Devonte Adams, and it's also important to remember that these—they're all counting as like one-dollar contracts, right? Like we're not even factoring in the fact that these—that these are more expensive yeah. deals, right? So cut Thielen's value in half and double pitches in reality Listen, when you factor that in. It oh, there's an even more important thing to remember, which is that this is factoring in for only a twelve-team league. So Adam Thielen in this is- league is factored in as a wide receiver two, which. He's, okay. Right. Like in this, in our league, Adam Thielen is a solid wide receiver too. In this league, like, like at a 12 team league, he's a really, really, really premium wide receiver three to have 
Like, so you're getting even, he's the back end of two for us and the top, like if you're getting feeling, you're getting a stellar third receiver. But same, same with Kurt Cooks, right? Uh, works, yeah, works on both. And, and beyond that, this is just factoring in without the contracts where you get a worse contract back. You trade away a, an infinitely better contract in Brandon Cooks and a younger player who has produced with bad quarterbacks consistently throughout his career. And then you add in Kyle Pitts, who's an up-and-coming superstar who's, who's slated to just blow away your tight end position competition. Like, you're starting a wide receiver at tight end. Um, it's Do you think- it's mind-bogglingly dumb. And then if you talk about this on the back of, of last trade, Dave basically turned Mar- Marcus Mariota, a player he was going to cut, and um and a second round pick. Oh no, that that, that came with the Mariota trade to to fu- to fucking Kyle Pitts and Brandon Cooks. That's Marcus Mariota, a player he was going to cut. For Kyle Pitts, don't think I would have cut him. Yeah, but. he wasn't cutting Mariota, but I said Thielen, yeah. Thielen, Thielen, Thielen. You said Mariota. Oh, I said I he turned. I said he turned Marcus Mariota. Yeah, into into okay. it, Marcus Mariota and a player he was going to cut into Kyle Pitts and Brandon Cooks. Listen, like I, you know, we have fun with the podcast, right? Like we we do this kind of fucking segment to make it more entertaining. That's why we do the trade grades. But the purpose of the podcast is supposed to be educational. We're we're not trying to be duplicitous. We're not trying to like fuck people over. Like it, it really is the whole reason we started this out was to try to make the league reach parity because we had to face a Dave super team that he got because he got third round picks for Joe Flacco and, you know, uh, what the, the Lamar Jackson for fucking what a $50. What, what wide receiver was it, Dave? I don't know. Uh, and so, you know, what I want is I want the league to eventually not have these super teams like Dave and I have had, right? Like, I want to get to the point where we're, where everyone could win, everyone's competitive. And I, these trades just set back their franchises a lot. I, I'm sure there's decent logic. I, I actually texted almost every person in the, in the league and asked them their opinion on the trade. All but one said, this is awful, horrible. Dave robbed him. Once again, Dave steals talent. Like, that, that's just what I continually heard. And so I, I understand, like, if you're upset hearing our reviews of this trade, but legitimately, you really are, like, fucking people over, Dave. Like, you really are. And it's, like, it's crazy to me because it's a shame, but... If that's the way you want to do it. That's the way you want to do it. I am. I'm going to veto. I'm going to offer up a, a veto for these trades. Like uh, once we get Friday's the deadline for the rules. Once we know whether we are allowed to veto again. Uh, for those who don't remember, there's a a v, we're, we're voting on rejecting the veto rule. Uh, so um, once we know if we have it, then we'll, and look, we'll offer up these vetoes look, and we'll hopefully for, protect these teams. But otherwise. For the people who are in these trades, might I convince you to vote for the veto? You have, one of you has already it's been made clear that you would have gotten a better deal elsewhere after the trade was announced. 
Like it was made crystal clear. Like, why did you do this? I would have given you up if you had done it. You were also talking to me about Mac Jones at the time. Before the Daniel Jones trade, I would have pulled a trigger on a Kyle Pitts trade. Uh, you know, uh, we could have come around a deal that centered on those two players. Um, it seemed like it wasn't going to be that far off. But um, but I, I don't see why you'd want to continue with these trades. If I were you, I would realize, oh, shit, I got robbed. I could have gotten better value. I overpaid. Um, and especially once you saw the Mitch Trubisky trade right after, um, which which really put into context Ryan Tannehill, I mean, I mean Marcus Mariota, and 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 what you gave up for that. So I would say yeah. you should veto this trade too. If I'm sitting there on that end of the trade, being like, oh shit, I fucked up. I uh, I remember last year at some point we were talking and. Dave was bringing up like how he just doesn't understand how anyone could tank for a better draft pick. Cause you know, I, I draft terribly and I'm still winning the league. And I said, well, yeah, your draft picks aren't great, but you got handed Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson who are both on rookie deals. So you won and you got your run extended because people hand gifted you players on rookie deals. And this isn't just about people trading with Dave, although he seems to be on the good side of all these trades. But, guys, stop trading starting players on rookie deals. Those contracts are depressed. They are cheap. You want those guys on your team. Don't give them up for someone who maybe is slightly, you know, two spots higher in the rankings on ESPN, but are making $35, $40. Build around those rookies. Don't gift wrap, gift wrap them to people. Or if you do, gift wrap them to me. So not much more to All of us are adults who play fantasy football and yeah, yeah. you know have a team and have a vested interest. We don't need to legislate trade. Yeah, and it, you guys all, I guess, feel the same way. Um, but we'll, you know, I think 2022, definitely win for me. We'll see how you feel next year 24 and 25 um you know chad did get two rookie picks so we'll see how he does uh, you right, guys let's... can't see me because i'm only on the phone but i'm making a wanking motion <laughs> <laughs> shirt on or shirt off <laughs> all right all right all right so let's move on to the next topic uh so now dave i understand that you have uh, an interesting solution to the problem that I was referring to in the last podcast. Uh, this is um, where I think that contracts are going to get to the stage where they need to be kind of cut constantly uh, because we can't afford new players. I My solution was to increase the salary cap and include a cap penalty. Um, I can tell everyone that 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 vote did not pass. Um, it got slammed down. Um, but I know you got uh, an alter- alternative solution. And please kind of like, kind of talk to us about it. Yeah. So I, you know, I'll preface this by saying I, I don't know that I'm convinced it's a problem. But if this is something we think makes the league better, you know, I'm all, I'm all about that. So um, there was quite a few texts back and forth, I guess, when Justin read that proposal, his his thoughts to you, Byron. And, um, you know, obviously there was pushback on the raising the salary cap, but your, your point still is that when these players get to the 80, $90 range, there's no incentive to keep because that 15% increase is so much. You can drop a Christian McCaffrey and almost guarantee you would get him back for less than a hundred dollars for him to keep. 
Um, the thought of dead cap money was thrown out there. That was part of your increasing salary cap. So I had kind of a, a compromise to all of your ideas. That was um, if a player in the free agency pool gets signed for, you know, let's say between one and $25, it follows the same pattern we're on. You get a 15% increase each year. Um, you can cut them, no penalty. Once you get above that, I think we, we have an opportunity to make things interesting. So uh, something like a $25 to $40 player, you would guarantee the first year. Uh, if you cut that player, there would be a dead cap hit. You'd still have to carry the money. Therefore, you really wouldn't cut them. Uh, but then if you chose to keep them, the salary increase would go down a peg. So you'd only owe a 10% salary increase if you chose to keep them year two and three. Uh, a player going up a scale, 40 to $55. Again, on the open market, we as a league value them at that value. They would be guaranteed a two-year contract. So you would have to keep them for two years or carry that dead cap money. Uh, but then again, the keeper value would go down a peg. You would only owe a 5% year-to-year increase. And then the final would be a 55 and higher player or 56 and higher <laughs> um, a three-year fully guaranteed deal. So like Christian McCaffrey last year would be guaranteed for three years, but then you'd pay a 0% increase. You essentially would lock them in, but guarantee that for three years. So I, I think there's something there. Um, I think there's some things that would have to be worked out, right? So like, say you have, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name on the Raiders last year situation, right? Do that players a do players out of the league automatically get a free cut? I think that's obviously yes, right? Um, if a player is just not in the league, right? Um, so things situations like that, and also like would we consider instead of like is is guaranteed mean in the second year or third year of uh, Christian McCaffrey's contract that um, that money is fully guaranteed? Fully guaranteed. Yeah. Fully guaranteed. Yeah. That so, will that will have an interesting effect. That will I, I, some teams will get massively screwed over because they're not going to think about it. Um, I, and well, I think it also makes it interesting. And I'm I'm curious to hear Tyler's thoughts because I don't think you were on that text thread, Tyler. So maybe you're hearing this the first time. But um, but yeah, I, I'd be curious. Well, what you think, Tyler? And then again, it 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 just creates another value, right? So if someone's out of the running. Uh, and someone's in the running and they want to shed a, a contract, um, you know, there's value to take on a player's contract uh, and, and take that from someone too. So, um, but anyway, Tyler, what, what are your initial thoughts on this? Um, I, I love any attempt to, I actually think this is a really well thought out solution that takes the bulk of what Byron and I have talked about a lot over the past couple weeks of having some sort of disincentive to just basically having a, a pseudo redraft league on the most expensive players every year outside of the quarterbacks um, and kind of tailoring it more towards a dynasty format. Um, uh, the numbers we'd probably want to, fool around with a little bit look at where sure. yeah. yeah yeah but other than that i think i i don't have any problems with this as a solution and i think it 
it sounds like it might be easier to manage on the back end as well, which was always going to be like difficult with the previous proposal um, because, you know, oh, Tyler cut this player in 2022 and does that, when does that money fall off, right? That extra 15% of that contract that was supposed to carry forward doesn't fall off at the end of 2022, doesn't fall off at 2023. Right. This one is very, it sounds like yours has a much more simple solution, which is for the remaining year. Uh, you know, if I could. No, 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 it's not for the remaining year. It's for three years. Right. Depending on how much the, the you original only, contract was. Yeah. So his is only going to affect the upper, right? The maximum players. Yes. Yes. It's really well, easy to. Not necessarily. I mean, there's, right. there's other levels like that. That next level down, it will be two years of guaranteed okay. money or, you know. But it's a it's a lot easier sort than every player in the league. So are gets all cut. players that I forget what you said at the beginning? Is it free one to twenty five? Free is, agency. Is, yeah, no, one to twenty five is any player acquired in free agency. One to twenty five is locked in. For, nope. No, one to twenty five. One to twenty five basically act as the league does now. No okay. guaranteed. That money. makes sense. Good. So the Good. scales are no guarantee, fifteen percent raise if you keep them. Yep. One year guaranteed. 10% if you keep them, two year guaranteed, 5% if you keep them, and all three years guaranteed, but no year to year race. No, so I, I love it. I can, I can tell you right now that I am, I'm against this. I, I personally think it's over regulating the market to try to fit it into a window that we want. Um, like when you're talking about guaranteeing a contract for three years, all of a sudden, you just might have fucked someone over for three whole years. Like the fantasy football is also meant to be fun. If you're punishing people for a decision they made two years ago and have no I, way of, I would. Forget, hey, Drew, let me finish. Well, I'm not punishing them. They they made that decision and it was a poor decision. Well, the rules are punishing them. Like that's the whole point. Like we, we want to like discourage people from making bad choices. But you're going to make people leave the league if they don't have a chance. They got to pay $125 and they have a third of the cap space that everyone else has missing, right? Like you're creating a well, situation I, I that you becomes completely okay, well, base. Cut the player. I mean, what you, what the, the better thing, the reason why I like the salary cap option of increasing it is because you create a market where it's constantly giving people the opportunity to make fix a mistake that they've either made, but you also are slightly punishing them with a 10% contract, uh, uh, excuse me, cap penalty, right? That That's how it balances out. But with this, oh man, this is, this is really, this but is, I, and it's like, I, I think you could find a, a middle ground where you wouldn't, full, that's why I asked about fully guaranteeing instead of having significant penalties for, for certain things. And so like you make the penalty a little bit more significant, you, the, you, your benefit is the the five percent cap increase. I do worry about like if you fully guarantee. And maybe the answer maybe it's maybe it's a scale where it's like the first year is fully guaranteed, the second year is fifty. That's what I was thinking. 25. That's what yeah. that, but, that's what I was I was thinking something along those lines where it's like, sure you you'll get a penalty for the cut. I just don't think the zero percent um, nullifies like a quarterback that you buy for fifty six dollars and has a significant knee injury, then is a backup and then like. Like that, that seems like stupid for punishing somebody for like the random luck that can happen. 
to uh, a running back or a quarterback who was at the prime of his career. And then all of a sudden, boom, like Des Bryant one year, right? One year he was a beast and then he was off the map within within two years, right? Like that's, there are players where that cool. happens quite routinely. And it's not like, you know, you overpaid for a player and took like a massive, it's like you played for what anybody would have paid. And then all of a sudden Calvin Ridley, right? Like you're going to say that, What's his name is fucked over for Cal. Like he buys Calvin Ridley last year on that contract. And then boom, he gets, he, he decides to be a little bitch and then boom, he's an idiot. And then boom, the NFL is an idiot and decides to ban him for a whole year. And then boom, two years, he's paying $60 for this guy. And you're going to significantly penalize it. That well, like, is where I wonder, like that, that doesn't seem so in any is way. There, is there a problem with what we have now? He can cut Calvin Ridley for no penalty. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Is, uh, yeah, I, there I, there I, are other there is a Calvin Ridley. You're just taking the one Calvin Ridley example and then not applying it to the 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 Christian McCaffrey example or the Devontae yeah. Adams example or all the other examples. Where sure. It's, so it's, so for every good example, there's a yeah. No, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. A sliding scale. Maybe we I, add multiple I, IR spots so you can I'm, IR a. Um, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm saying that there. I think that there. It's it's a it's a workable idea. I think there's work to be done to make it actually workable. I, I just, I think it's a good start, but I think that in order to, like, I, I do, as Byron kind of favor the cap increase slash cap penalty, I think this would be more sellable to the league, quite frankly. I think more people would go for this than that. Um, and so I think that this is fixable. I, I just think you have to tinker with it. I think you have to I do something it... like a scalable cap penalty goes down. I think, um, the the lock-in isn't as much or the the, the the there's an increase for each of them and then the 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 cap penalty is not all that significant um is like a fully guaranteed 50 25 maybe fully guaranteed something else something else um but but i i think as like just as you put it three years fully guaranteed i think that's just gonna screw over some team for three years yeah, but Completely. it sounds like the the bulk of your concerns, Byron specifically, are a player losing their job through no fault of their own or predictable, unpredictable injury, right? So we're talking about a fluke, fluke kind of injury, like what happened to Joe Burrow or what happened to Cam Akers or what happened to Travis Etienne, right? And I, I think there's a really easy solution to that, which is to change the way, like incorporate exactly... Dave's policy as is, we can work around where those thresholds are, but exactly as it is. And you change the injured reserve policy to make it applicable only for injuries in this case. You can't just IR someone who's been suspended um, or at maybe suspensions too, because obviously we have no control if, or no yeah, internal what knowledge. If in a and it reduces their contract to zero dollars instead yeah what if in a guaranteed year you ir the player and you get all the money back yeah you ir the player so you either take them completely off the market so no one else can have them right but they're out your money back but your ir is for the whole year it can only be used in case of injury and so if they come back online then then you have to factor in the fact that you get a 60 dollar player back listen i think the problem here is that the rule came from me Dave, I really, I don't want you to think that like, cause I, I, you're making it seem like I'm against you. I, I like you as a person. I think this, I, I like any idea that tries to 
figure out a solution to what I just want to avoid the league turning into. No, what was your argument against that point? Auction. What's but, your argument against I mean, so Can I? Okay. Yeah. So there's, I have three different issues with this, this proposal. One, the tier system inherently creates these weird value points where all of a yes. sudden a $55 contract is much different than a $56 contract. So you're starting to force people and pigeonhole them into what is, hey, I want to get this $55 contract, which means who, whoever bids there first gets a huge advantage over everyone else. So that creates a very weird situation off the bat. The second problem is, as the person who generally does all of the Excel coding for us, <laughs> this is incredibly complicated. We're talking about multiple conditions and then, uh, if then statements. Se multiple seasons that have to retain this information. So you're getting very wonky here. And then the third thing is the guarantees, which obviously can be adjusted, but are so extreme that it doesn't give people a lot of flexibility if there is a mistake. That's why I think it's a, a much simpler idea what I suggested. Now, I don't want to go in and be like, oh, this is because my idea. I, is I, 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 I just, I foresee problems with this. I, I, was not, I was not on the podcast last week, and I don't think I heard anyone bring this up, but I don't see how your solution is going to change the fact. Like if we're, if we're going to bump up the salary cap by 4%, I don't see how having a $310 salary cap is going to say to someone, Oh, I should now keep this $90 player. Yeah. Don't I mean, see how your idea solves your biggest, your biggest problem. The average of the, the, the years that I put in, and I did that because I thought it would be fun to mimic the NFL. That's not obviously what has to happen, but was it 7%. So seven, that would be a $21 increase in its first year. If you look at, say, for instance, someone signed Christian McCaffrey at the top of the market um, the previous year for $86, that's gone up to 90, what? 90, that's 101. 101. 101. So $101, that's $14 or $15. That means they have enough cap space to pay that contract if they want, or they have the option to cut Christian McCaffrey, which I think he might even do it regarding, but you would get punished 10%. So you're just changing the way that people feel about it very slightly. Like it hurts a little bit, but it still gives them flexibility to make those changes. So, yeah, see, I mean, uh, Justin, I think it, the buyer's proposal works on both ends, right? Like you're giving them a penalty on one end. So that should depress people's inclination to bid for a $91 player. If you're going to have to cut them at $9, right? If you, if that's your strategy, you're less inclined to, to bid that high, right? You're less inclined to be like, Oh, I can just cut him. Cause you go like, well, I'm going to cut him and then I'm going to take this cap in. and it gives you a cushion on both sides. Right. So like, I think that together it both would increase, incline some people to keep the 80 of some dollar players and also dissuade some people from going for like a 90 whatever dollar player um so i i do think it tempers it and again i don't think either of us think it's like a massively out of control uh problem right which is which is why again it's not kind of selling it as like a radical like overhaul um it's just trying to temper that inclination a little bit and make it a little bit more dynamic um, which is why I, I do think it's, it's fundamentally better. I do think Dave's idea is good and, and, and is workable. I think it needs, I need, I think it needs work. I also think 
it's going to be really weird if we implemented that like for the first three years that you implement that and you have these other contracts that are like yeah, not crazy. escalating and then you have yeah. these new ones that that's also very funky and a nightmare for for byron but yes. i like the idea i want to make sure like I, I like it i like the thought i think it needs some tweaks um either that ir spot or or some kind of escalating like both are like there's there's a there there um but if i do I, think byron's is cleaner like, if i could get one more <laughs> thing absolutely because i I started by saying, I don't know that there's a problem. And I, and I mean that last year we moved from 14 to 16 teams. We had three new teams in the league. Everyone's figuring it out, figuring out what the value is of a 16 league player. I'm curious. I want to see how this draft goes. Maybe Christian McCaffrey goes for a hundred dollars. Maybe he goes for 70 and then is kept for three years. So I'd be really curious to see um, if what we saw last year repeats, if as many players come out, and if someone like uh, Byron, you used Alex as an example, cutting Devontae Adams, maybe he will never keep a player over $70. And that's just what he does. And it works. So um, anyway. Yeah. And I mean, well, I'm going I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to use this point to throw my hot take that I don't know that I fully believe uh, out there. But I think that my hot take is some these salaries are, so, are going so high because we've depressed the market with rookie values. So now every year there's 24 or uh, 32 players coming in at depressed values. That's my hot take. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, obviously adding two people like the market supply and demand, obviously we had a lot more demand by adding two teams. So that's why we saw the huge increase in like player contracts this year. Um, you know, I think my concern isn't actually this year. What I foresee happening in in two years three years is right now a lot of teams Dave and I particularly have been utilizing the franchise tag uh, to keep very expensive quarterbacks on our teams Um, and that is how we've kind of gotten away and uh, cheated the market like when I put Patrick Mahomes on the franchise tag he was $58 right yeah you had him what for 64 Dave uh, yeah. uh, now it's 71. Yeah. You can see the franchise tag increasing because the top five franchise, the, the top five deals are all franchise tags now. And so you're going to get to the point where these quarterbacks are going to hit $86, $90, and then they're going to be cut every single year. And then but they, but they won't every be single because year. if everybody's franchise tag quarterback gets to that point, at some point, they're all going to be too expensive, right? Like it's and the exact same. Cut. Right, yeah. they'll all be cut, and then the floor will be lower the next year. Then it will like, reset. Like, yes, yeah, there will be a reset point. No, right? no, it won't because they'll sign. People okay, well, what we're the really having of, then is a, let me, let me just, a conversation about economic theory. Like that's where we're at right now. That you don't think that that like pressures on the market from outside will affect the market. You want it to just work itself out. No, no, like, no, 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 no. What, but the what you're forgetting here is that the franchise tag is it's a 10% increase. It's either the value or 10% more than what it was the year before. So the franchise tag will automatically become no longer usable. Right. So it doesn't reset all the, all the, all the quarterbacks will be signed at the top value. It'll be $90 and no one can use the franchise tag anymore. Right. Cause if I was to re-sign Patrick Mahomes for $90, and then I franchise tag them, I would still have to pay $99 the next year when it would just be more beneficial for me to cut Patrick Mahomes and re-sign him for $90. So 
Like that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's where the this but I mean, is it the only reason that you're able to franchise tag him now? Like at fifty eight dollars, because we were in a, a smaller league with lesser values, yep. and like so, the franchise tag should be in our league, right? Um, yep. around eighty or whatever dollars. Like that is what it should be. I yep. would say ninety, it's, but like but it's like, jumped up. Probably, it's jumped up quite a bit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Dollars and sixty-four. That's about what it should be. Like the, where, yeah, yeah. where you guys are franchising them in the eighty dollars. Like once it gets to the eighty dollars, it's like probably where it should be for the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allen's of the world. Yeah. Um, right now, but, Patrick but Mahomes do, tag is would be seventy-one, and he would be the third highest paid QB in the league. But I do agree that the only reason those board guys kept right now is because of the franchise tag being the way it is. I, I at, at some point, I'm having this conversation with like about Joe Burrow next year. I, I look at the franchise, I'm like, I'm not sure if it's just going to be like, you know, is there a value in, in, in franchise tagging or is there value in just matching an RFA at a certain point, right? Um, that will be, that's going to be a problem. I do think it gets at the same overall problem, which is just going to be quarterbacks will eventually get to be the Devontae Adams of the world and whatnot and just be added and dropped and added and dropped. Um, yeah. Regardless. Can I, can I ask an important question? Yeah. What is no, LaFleur's lottery tag at the top of your uh, your thing? Is that LaFleur's lottery winnings? Uh, th- that's that's my company. <laughs> so I, I run a, a trade publication uh, mm. that uh, we do B2B for lottery companies and gambling companies. So that's, that's what that is. Yeah. So, so he knows a shyster when he sees one. Is what he's I know, that's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the one. The one downside of having the draft at Tyler's is we can't we can't bet on sports in Maryland. Got to run Not. up to PA or down to Virginia real quick. Next year, though. Next year. Fucking next year. It's taking. Three hopefully, years. put a bow on this segment. Um, yeah. I, you know, you're talking throughout the economic theory. I have no economic background. I made this you know, salary cap up out of thin air. If there's things that could be done better, I'm always happy to hear them. Um, what do we have? Eight years, six years of evidence now of how it's going. So I'm always happy to hear a, hear a change. Hey, we all appreciate you coming up with it to begin with. So don't take any of this personally. Yeah, this is a beautiful league. This is why we have a podcast, right? Because this league is so <laughs> fucking awesome. We got 39 listeners out there on the edge Fantastic. of their seats because right. of this. You want to let's let's go check. Hey, it out. real quick, that uh that uh website you had up there. Does yeah, that take into account like years and how long you hold someone. Like, how do the numbers work? Like how do you know Kyle Pitts is two years and Adam it, Thielen is one? It doesn't, right? It doesn't keep that's it doesn't why we were control saying. for contract value and it doesn't control. This no, just, we, does we were dynasty. saying you fleeced him even more because it doesn't even take well, into account that stuff. Do you then double Kyle Pitts value? Because I have him for two years. That's what I'm saying. No. That's why I made the I made the comment that like because it's cheap and, and then do you contract. Sh- there are triple. other dynasty calculators that are much more customizable, but they're behind paywalls a lot of times. But yeah, some of them will take into account uh, rookie value versus star or Does versus it... like stackable wide receiver threes and fours. Um, draft picks being more valuable, right? You can slide to 16 teams, 32 teams on some websites, which is absurd. But yeah. It's like true dynasty. Right. And I'm getting way off topic here, but uh, you, you keep someone forever. Yes. 
Correct. And there, there's no salary. It's just we have a rookie draft each year. Right. In so, most... like, you have Kyle Pitts for the entirety of his career on that side. And Adam yeah, let's do that. Let's his. vote on that. In, <laughs> in most of the ways that you should look at a, a dynasty player is only three years out, right? Like, so that's that's what's keeping the value of what this, the way that keep trade cut works is that it gets the input from all users. They, every time you go to a new page, it essentially asks your value of three players. Right. And it keeps it into a dynasty format. So it's not just a redraft. Otherwise values yeah. like Tom Brady would be higher value than obviously you get 25 years out of that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way that it works. It's 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 very good to understand the perception of where ple- uh, people's values are for players. I find, but T-Sack. I think you guys were a little hard on Chad. He's got I... another tight end one on his team, and he got two picks. Oh, he'll man. be he'll be okay. Kyle guys. Pitts, you're just I know. such a fucking shyster. I know. I swear to Kyle Pitts. Is not even a question about. Listen, I got Kyle Pitts and I offered him to someone else about 10 minutes later. Just, you know, to wrap that up and then I'll, I'm going to go into some announcements to the league. Scott said he wouldn't give me what he wants. These two teams in particular, Dave had no business being at the top of the league contending this year. If you looked at his roster going in this offseason, he had few assets that should have been valued the way they were. Nice. He had, he had the, the way he was in cap hell, and you saved it by giving him cheap talent and and, and picks for for nothing. I mean, for absolutely nothing. Uh, he gave up nothing. Downloads. So anyway, hey, um, Drew, a couple announcements. Before, go ahead. Before you listen go, here me... to hear the password to get your money, and it had the most downloads. Yep. Let me maybe, let me maybe jump we in. Need clever names <laughs> for the passwords <laughs> for the uh, for the episodes. Uh, yeah. You if know you how guys to are... get some sponsors, <laughs> free money and everyone, yeah. free money, Click free here. money. I've heard from lottery winnings. <laughs> I've heard from two people that they'll be at the draft on the fourth. So if y'all could let me know, so I can get a more accurate head count. Ooh. I know Dave. I got I you. Will... I'll be there. I'll be there yep. at nine. Uh, making Irish coffees with you. Making um, Irish I coffees. Wanna, Excellent. I did want to throw something out because I think this is some people's plans. So you sent out a little schedule, Tyler. Um, you said rookie draft is 10 a.m. to noon. If that rookie draft lasts less than two hours, we're holding the next draft until noon, correct? Because I yeah, know some because people I know have, some people will have to there are people who are doing things that are in relative importance, actually more important than fantasy football that day. Um, if I remember correctly, other than Byron, who's just going to be fucking tooling around in Hawaii at four in the morning. Um, but yeah, we, we will not start early. It is important that we don't start early so that people who are not there, who will be dropping in and out, will have the ability to drop in at the correct time. Yeah, so if the rookie draft ends a little early, we'll just hang out until noon and starting RFAs. Correct. I would think RFAs could roll right into free agents, though, if somehow that went. Short. Yeah, it, as long as the, as long as we don't need five minutes there, yeah, or ten minutes, whatever. As long as there's no punches thrown. <laughs> Byron and I will be six thousand miles apart. Should be fine then. And for a couple uh, other announcements, um, fantasy dues. Uh, fantasy dues are due. 
they are um i'll be sending out uh an announcement sometime this weekend around cut day sometime between here and there um looks like tyler left him um but um i'll be sending out uh, an announcement 100 dollars and 50 dollars so 150 dollars no, this year no 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 it's 75 and 50. 750. It's 125 dollars to buy it. It's 100 dollars and fifty. It's 100 dollars and fifty dollars. We, we voted on this year. It's escalating. It's 125. If you wanted it, you got to vote for it. That's how the rules work. I thought yeah. we voted on it. I thought it was escalating every year. When you you show me that trade, you show me that vote, and you show me that in the rule book, and I'll 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 uh, give it up. But no, you. Know I thought that. it was escalating. You know that. Come on. Dave Come said on. it was escalating. He sent a text. He said it was escalating. You know that he's lying. He said it was escalating. He said it was escalating. Um, so I'll send that out this week, and it will be tied in with uh, the prizes for the year. So we'll come up with prizes. Get in that side pot. Get in the side pot um, and send me your money. Also, rules vote ends tomorrow and cut days on Tuesday. Tuesday, right. 6 p.m. Have a good one, guys.